Hey, all you nostalgic circus folk. Welcome to 9021 Here We Go, the podcast that takes a look at each episode of Beverly Hills 90210 from Fox to the CW. I'm Kendra Mickles, and I'm seeing these episodes for the first time. I'm Nick Gunning, and I've seen them all, baby. Baby. You can find more about this show and others like it at our network's website, RadioMeanwhile.com. Other shows on the network include a recent edition, comic book Coffee Break, which recently aired its pilot episode over on uh, the Dusk versus Tweak YouTube page. You can find it there. But comic book Coffee Break, where two friends sit back and take a deep dive into comic books past and present. Three Nice Things, where we force ourselves to say three nice things about a movie with a bad and often earned reputation. Radio 64, featuring video game music remix radio. And previously on X-Men, where we look back at X-Men comics, movies, shows, characters, and more. Also, you can find me over on the All the Books show, the official podcast of the David A. Howe Public Library at soundcloud.com slash all the books. Uh, the, the website has recently been updated a little bit. And if you go to our page on the website, it's broken down by season. Season so by can, season, yeah. Yeah, so you can just click on what season you want to listen to and uh, – you know, find the episodes you're interested in. Yeah, if you haven't explored the Radio Meanwhile uh, webpage, which is just radiomeanwhile.com, take a peek over there because a lot of information about the different shows and like Kendra said, uh, a, a nice space devoted to 902 and here we go. So it's worth checking out. Share your thoughts on this and upcoming episodes by following us on Twitter at Here We Go Pod, and please rate, subscribe, and share this show wherever you get your podcasts. This week we're discussing episodes 3.9, High Wire, and 3.10, Home and Away. Let's crack open the West Beverly Blaze. Let's do it. I'm an investigative reporter for the West Beverly newspaper. These episodes originally aired September 23rd and October 7th of 1992. I actually have hmm. a lot of info to, yes. to, to dump on you very, today. Very newsy today. I like that. <laughs> September 23rd, Mad About You premiered. You're a, you're a Mad About You fan, right? I am, yeah. I, I love it the first time I don't think I've around. seen a single episode of Mad About You. I think you could get into it. I mean, it's it's of its time, but I think uh, I think their chemistry, Helen Hunt and Paul Reiser, I think their chemistry together makes it a little more timeless than uh, some of the other shows that were just like we're going to be little romantic comedies. Uh, so I think it's worth a shot. I have not seen uh, in twenty, I want to say twenty nineteen. Spectrum did a new season of of uh, Mad About You, which oh. I haven't seen because it's only on like Spectrum, which I don't even I don't really even know how that works, but. <laughs> How do you access that? <laughs> I think you yeah, I think you have to like have Spectrum cable, then you can watch it. But the classic huh. show is great. It's a lot of fun. On September 24th, the Sci-Fi Channel launched. Oh. And I have some information about that. A lot of this I pulled straight from Wikipedia, uh, like so word for word. So you know it's reliable. So, you know yes, it's reliable. Yes. Uh, so the concept for the channel was devised in 1980, but it wasn't until March of 92 that um, it was picked up by USA Networks with a joint venture between Paramount Pictures and Universal Studios. Uh, Star Trek's creator Gene Roddenberry and author Isaac Asimov were among those on the initial advisory board, but they had both died by the time the channel finally mm. launched. Mm -hmm. um, Leonard Nimoy was the master of ceremonies at the channel's launch party held at the Hayden Planetarium in Manhattan. Asimov's, Asimov's widow, Janet, and Roddenberry's widow, what is what is her name? Majel? Majel. Majel. Barrett were both in attendance. 
And the first program shown on the network was the film Star Wars. Oh, that makes sense, given yeah. 1980. Uh, Janet Asimov, if you're not familiar with her work, uh, she actually has quite a few science fiction novels just under her own name, and she co-wrote a lot with Isaac Asimov, but well-known sci-fi writer Janet Asimov. And Majel Barrett Roddenberry uh, voices the computer in every... She even did uh, some computer voicing in the uh, Chris Pine J.J. Uh, Abrams reboot so of Star Trek. Yeah, she's everywhere. She was also in the original pilot as number one. She played Nurse Chapel in the original series and Waxana Troy in The Next Generation. See, this is why we have two people on this podcast That's so right. that you can fill in the gaps yeah. there. Well, now you know. What's her name? Majel? Majel. Yep. I like that. Yeah. I've never heard that name before. Yeah. I like it. She was um, married to married to Gene Roddenberry. Yes. Yeah. Okay. On September 25th, Last of the Mohicans premiered with Daniel Day-Lewis. This has been on my list for a while, but I've never... I love Daniel Day-Lewis, but I've never seen this movie. Have you seen this movie? I haven't, but uh, I think he's phenomenal in Lincoln. I mean, that's nothing yes. new. He's but, so, I mean, he's great in everything. I was yeah. just thinking about There Will Be Blood today. Have you seen There Will Be Blood? I haven't. And I'm trying to think of the mo- most recent, I guess his like last film. What is that called? Do you remember uh, that? The Phantom Thread. Yes, The Phantom Thread. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, it was an intriguing movie, definitely. It was. Um, but I have a memory of, and Eric makes fun of me for this a lot, of seeing it was when it was coming out. Well, no, it must, it can't have been when it was coming out. I don't know why I saw it, but it was on the cover of a magazine like him in that movie. And Mm -hmm. that image just like stuck with me as a child. You know, I don't know. It it must have just been, the marketing must have just been everywhere because I too have never seen it. But I also have a lot of really specific memories of like the last of the Mohicans coming out. So I don't, I don't know. But I mean, 92, I would have been one years old. So it, it was probably more like when I was like six or something. So I don't know. It must've just been on a magazine cover for some reason okay. but Weird. anyway moving on on october 1st cartoon network launched wow and uh what i think it's time interesting. To be alive. you were just on comic coffee break talking about hanna-barbera um, yeah and hanna-barbera obviously was shown on cartoon network so again oh, sure. this is lifted straight from wikipedia okay. so 1986 turner bought NG- mgm and launched Turner Network TV in 1988. In 1991, Turner acquired Hanna-Barbera cartoons for $320 million. Wow. They beat It was like an auction, and they beat out some people. On October 1st of 1992, Cartoon Network launched to the finale of Tchaikovsky's 1812 Overture with a backdrop of cartoon explosions, followed by a special event called Droopy's Guide to the Cartoon Network, hosted by the MGM cartoon character Droopy. They leaned heavy on Droopy in the early days. <laughs> they <Yeah>. really did. <laughs> that was Droopy had a segment on the Tom and Jerry Kids show, too, which was like... You know, that was not, this. This was the time when everybody had like a baby version, like Baby Looney Tunes, Pup Named Scooby Doo, yeah, uh, Tom and Jerry Kids Show, Flintstone Kids. Yes, it was. It was all Muppet Babies. It was the rage. I loved it. Love, love the baby shows. Yeah, yeah. Initial programming on the channel consisted exclusively of reruns of Warner Brothers cartoons. Yeah. Um, Popeye cartoons, MGM cartoons, and Hanna Barbera cartoons. Toon Heads was a show on the network. It was originally broadcast on you know their launch date until november 23rd of 2003 it had 102 episodes including four hour long specials two of which were never aired tune heads um is an anthology series consisting of hannah barbera 
MGM, Warner Brothers, and Popeye cartoon shorts with background information and trivia prominently about animators and voice actors. Okay. Any any well, thoughts on Cartoon Network? I, I mean, I loved it. I still remember when uh, Johnny Bravo aired and ah, I was yes. like... You know, I'd never seen anything like it, so that was <laughs> that was like a big deal. Love Johnny Bravo. We used, I used yep. to watch Johnny Bravo and Dexter's Lab, and um, oh, there was another one on Cartoon Network we used to watch all the time. I can't remember, but we used to watch Dex- Dexter's uh, like Lab. Like Ed, 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 and Eddie was. Oh yes, about Ed, that Ed, time. and Eddie. I have an Ed, Ed, and Eddie T-shirt. Yeah, I liked that show. I don't think I ever. That, that was like a little too young for me. I think so. Mm. Yeah. I didn't. I, I was, I was like, gonna ask too who, old by I that point. I was gonna point. ask which Ed was your favorite. Yeah, mine was Double D. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, I don't have a favorite. <laughs> uh, on October second, the Mighty Ducks premiered. Big Mighty Ducks. Oh, fan. the cartoon. The oh, wait, no, are we still talking the movie. cartoons? The movie. Oh, yes, I was. I don't like hockey, and I hate kids. Is that <laughs> supposed to be a pep talk? Classic. <laughs> no, not the cartoon yet. The movie with Emilio okay. Estevez. Yeah, I don't know yes. if I've seen it all the way through. Actually, I don't know which one I've seen. Which one is the one where they like prank the rival team by putting? Do they put ants or bugs in their rooms or something? Or oh, that sounds familiar. But they kind of run together. I don't. Yeah, I'm not I, sure which. I can't which. remember. Mm-hmm. Also on October second, of Mice and Men, starring John Malkovich. Oh, okay. Never seen it. October fourth, Doug- Douglas Emerson turns eighteen. Pour one out for Scott. Yep. October 9th, A River Runs Through It, starring Brad Pitt. Premiered. Oh, I do remember this. Yeah, I saw this in theaters. I don't know why, but I did. <laughs> you would have been really young. I was nine. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Big Brad Pitt fan. I don't. I saw it with my grandma, I'm pretty sure. She lived by uh, a, little, a little theater that showed like dollar movies, and we would just kind of go. And hmm. that must have just been rated PG and was at the time we were there. That's also how I saw Robin Hood Men in the... Uh, Men of, what is that called? Robin Hood... Prince of Thieves. Prince of Thieves. Yes, or, the Kevin or Men Costner in one. Oh, yeah, okay. not Men in Tights. Kevin Costner. <laughs> uh, on October 11th, Luke Perry turns 26. Oh. The big 2-6. Yeah. Also on October 11th, Trevor Donovan, Teddy in the CW years, turns 12. Do you think they ever did like joint birthday parties together? They should have. Yeah, yeah I agree. They should have. All right, Nick, yeah. take us beyond the zip code. Well, Kendra, in today's episode, we're introduced to a new recurring character. It's Jordan Bonner, as played by Michael Anthony Rollins. With a long list of film and television credits, Michael is best known for his series regular role of Martin Ehrenthal on Total Recall 2070, and for his work with Marvel, playing the roles of Artie Hill on the show Mutant X. Uh, that's that's one for our previously on X-Men uh, compatriots. And Wilson Hale in Blade Trinity. We'll see him as Jordan Bonner throughout season three. That's the one blade I haven't seen. Eric doesn't so one, want to watch that one. I know. I mean, he's seen it. I haven't. Well, we watched the first two, and I was like, "All right, here we go. Let's watch." Yeah, you got to do it. And he said, "Well, no. that's kind of like I haven't seen Godfather three either." Oh, yeah. You know, one of those things. What are you gonna do? I don't know. Let's see who's living in Beverly Hills. I would love to. Yeah, let's do it. 
Our synopsis for Highwire. As senior year progresses, the gang turns their attention to college. The Walsh twins are at odds when Jim and Cindy announce that only one of them can go to an expensive out-of-state school. Andrea's dream of going to Yale takes a hit when she feels Gil doesn't think she has what it takes to get in, causing circus-themed nightmares. Ugh, so many circus-themed oh nightmares. I know. Meanwhile, Brenda is frustrated with Dylan for not wanting to go to college. Things with Brandon and Nikki are heating up, and David and Kelly's sibling dynamic is thrown off when David accidentally walks in on Kelly as she's getting out of the shower. Yes. Yes. I. That's another thing that I remember crystal clear from when I was a kid. I was like, because <gasps> it was kind of naughty, you know? Yeah. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> you know? But yeah, I, I definitely remember that. I also really have a really vivid memory of Andrea's circus dream. And when it started, I was like, oh, it's that circus thing. And I was like, why do I remember this so well? But then we see it 12 to 15 yeah. times throughout the episode. And <laughs> they, it make makes sure. more sense they make that sure I remember you remember. It. Well, Kendra, today's episode was directed by Bethany Rooney and written by Star Froman. Recurring players Dana Barron, Denise Dows, Nicole Tom, and Mark Kiley return as Nikki, Miss Teasley, Sue Scanlon, and Gil Myers. Chad Nigers makes his final appearance as BJ Harrison. Jeff Doucette makes his first of three appearances as Janitor Nudge. Uh, he's a prolific actor. I know. He's a prolific actor with appearances in, I mean, you name a show, this dude has been on it. So I just pulled some of the ones that I liked. Uh, some of my favorites include the show New Heart, Coach, Empty Nest, ER, and Grey's Anatomy, plus voice work on shows like The Snorks, Darkwing Duck, Bobby's World, and Batman the Animated Series. Darkwing Duck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember when I was a kid, the Darkwing Duck toys were pretty cool. And there was a smoke gun like that. Ooh. And you actually put, you had to put like real motor oil in it. What? Yes. A toy that you had yes. to put. <laughs> you had to put, yes, you had to like put motor oil in it and then it would like smoke. But that, that doesn't seem like a safe toy. be safe. I know. How many children think... had that blow up in their hands? Seriously, seriously. <laughs> or like the secondhand smoke of the Darkwing Duck. But it's true. <laughs> But it's true. Wow. I know. All right. Let's get into the episode. Okay. We start at Kelly's house, and we've got a bit of a sexy shower scene going. Yeah. You can, like, see her form in the shower, and then we yeah. see her washing her hair in the shower. And we keep cutting to David is walking down the hall. He's got his Walkman on, and, yeah. he's, and he's singing. He's very oblivious. He is dancing full oh, out. so much dancing. So much David yeah. dancing. Uh, yep. And I, I wrote that down. So it, we keep flashing back and forth, but Kelly eventually gets out of the shower and she's toweling off and David just walks right into the bathroom. Yeah. And yeah. it's almost like, did they do like that horror thing where they like flash like his like back and forth like they did in the previous episode? Yeah, I I don't think they did, but that was definitely the vibe. Okay, I so can't remember if they did. Um, it is kind of noteworthy how they shot it, because I think it's one of the more, like, sexual things that we've had on the show. Yeah. You know, because it's I feel like it's they do it in a very, like, tantalizing way, which kind of surprised me. Um, and then David, yeah, David comes in and clearly freaks out. But it also is kind of funny that she's like toweling off towards the unlocked door. Yes, <laughs> the unlocked door. Why yeah. wouldn't she lock the door? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's new to have, you know, David in the house. and Maybe she just is not in the habit of it. But... Yeah, I guess. Well, yeah. yeah. So he, I mean, he definitely sees too. I mean, he her towel it. was like yeah. open. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> um, so she like throws him out of the bathroom. She's mortified. Yeah. He's and in then, shock. And then she like sulks back into the shower. Yeah. It's really funny. It's like super grossed out. But yeah. yeah. And David does not leave right away either. No. Like I don't think he's I don't think he's trying to be like pervy or anything. No, but I he's think just, he's like, in shock. He's yeah. in shock. And she's like, get out. And he's like, door. What is a door? You know. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's all a very funny scene. Yep. Next scene is at school. Mr. Myers and Brandon walk into the blaze. They're all buddy buddy talking about Best going friends. to a game together. Inappropriate. Uh, yeah, very. Andrea is prepping for college admissions and yeah. um, she's stressed about that and then her and Brandon have a little walk and talk in the next mm-hmm. scene about college and um, she's saying I think she's saying that he has it easier he has an easier time because he has money or something yeah something like that she she yeah. says that he's he doesn't have it as as hard as she does yeah basically he, he can go where he wants to go without like killing himself and she's got a you know, yeah. she's still she's still sleeping on a couch for heaven's sake. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Poor Andrea. I know. Um, next is Steve can't get into his locker. And so he goes to the janitor's uh, the janitor's office yeah. to to seek help from Nudge. Yeah. Uh, there's some <laughs> there's some boom mic in this major scene. boom mic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. The janitor is like, well, too bad. I have stuff to do. I'll get to it eventually. But he eventually talks to the janitor into, into unlocking his locker yeah. for him. Yep. Kelly and Donna are talking about David and what happened to Kelly that morning. And Donna is defends david and says you know he didn't mean to it was an accident he had his walkman on like it's fine you'll 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 get over it not a big deal right mrs teasley is upset that kelly missed her college um what's the word i'm looking for advisory yeah we're gonna talk about college yeah yeah. Mm um and kelly is very she's kind of whatever about it she's like oh mm-hmm. i'll be there next time but she's not in any hurry yeah, you can tell you can tell talk that about she's, college yeah i don't know if you noticed in the background but there was there was a big banner in the background that kept sh- showing in shots and it said um fashion show lecture uh special guest david s so i don't know if that means david silver is going to be the <laughs> special <laughs> guest lecturer at the fashion show but it kind of makes sense with his role at the school sure so, yeah i don't know that makes sense Nope. The janitor lets Steve into his locker and Dylan walks by and makes fun of Steve for forgetting his combination for like yep. the fourth time already that yep. year. David can't focus because all he keeps thinking, this is where it happens, where he flashes back to yes. what yeah. happened. Yeah. Um, he keeps he keeps seeing naked Kelly in his head right. and so he can't get through the announcements. And Kelly's you know, like I... standing in front of him. Like yeah. out the window, and she's like, "Stop staring at me." Yeah, <laughs> and I gotta say, I like, I like that we're sort of addressing the fact that the first two seasons, David's like primary plot was having a crush on Kelly. Yeah, because we kind of dropped that pretty abruptly when the parents got together, and, and like that makes sense. But I, I do think this is a nice touch to have them actually have to sort of deal with the fact that they've gone from like going to school together to being brother or sister. Yes. So it's kind of nice to revisit that. Uh, I also did you notice David's like sore throat in that scene when he's reading the announcements? No, he's got a real froggy voice when he's hmm. saying everything. Ooh, interesting. Interesting. 
So then Steve notices this happening and he walks into the booth and is like, what is happening? And yeah. so he he tells Steve that what happened and Steve doesn't believe him and is like, well, does she have any distinguishing yeah. marks? That's gross. And he in detail can describe a birthmark she has on her thigh. Yeah. Which I really don't know if he'd be able to see. It Probably happened not. very quick, but it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Steve is like, "Oh, baby, yeah, you you saw what you saw, I guess." Yeah. And then yep. they both start staring at her, and she is upset that they yeah. are both staring at her. Did you? I don't know why I'm obsessed with posters in this episode, but I don't know if you noticed behind Steve, there were just two identical pictures of Barry White up on the wall. <laughs> I don't know why. Two identical pictures? Two identical pictures. It looks like maybe it was like an insert for a record or something. But yeah, it is just two like identical headshots of Barry White. I don't don't understand. Okay. Brandon and Nikki are making out. And she wants to know uh, about his first kiss. Yeah. And she he says it was in like fifth grade or something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So... That's all do you count? That well, do you count a fifth grade kiss as a not. first kiss? No. I wouldn't either. No. No way. I don't. Then we go to art class. Donna is still defending David, and she thinks that Kelly is just jealous that Donna mm-hmm. has a boyfriend, and she is yeah. not. Donna's got the upper hand. Donna is kind of rude in this scene because she then they list- start yeah. they in art class. The teacher starts talking about nudes and painting and drawing the nude form, mm-hmm. and asks. If they're if they can think of any famous ones, and Donna says Kelly Taylor, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which I think is mean. It's a little mean, yeah. I mean, she's clearly upset about it. Yeah. Next scene is at the Peach Pit. Dylan and Brandon are talking about English class and studying for English class. Mm-hmm. And then Kelly walks in, and her and Dylan just sit next to each other and talk. Yeah. Yep. Like. Like, it's all fine for Old them to friends. hang out again. So that's yep. kind of nice. Um, but then it gets kind of weird and flirty because they all know what happened, that David walked in on her. And right. so then Dylan says something about if he had seen her all wet and naked. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, like glistening. Doesn't he yeah. say, like, glistening? He says something yeah. like that. And they have, yep. like, a little eye exchange. I don't know. Yep. yeah. It was a lot. It was a lot. It was definitely a lot. Andrea then walks in and says that she really wants to go to Yale. Yeah. That is her dream. Yep. To go to Yale. Speaking of dream, cut to Andrea's having Uh. a dream. (laughs) In this dream, she is dressed in this blue, like, leotard, like what they wear when they walk across tight ropes, yeah. I assume. Yeah. And uh, it's it's very like frilly and uh, flashy. Yeah. I mean, and... it's basically like a strapless bathing suit that she's yes. wearing. Yeah, that is what it's like. While walking on a tightrope. Yep. She's trying to walk across and the announcer says like if she can walk all the way across, then she can go to Yale. And Dylan is on the other side. That was surprising to me. Dylan? Yeah. I, I was surprised that Dylan was there, too. Yeah. And Mr. Myers is also there, and he is shaking the wire and trying to make her fall. Mm-hmm. And he says several times throughout the episode, I didn't know I had that effect on you Um, mm-hmm. when he's trying to shake her off. And then she does yeah. fall off, and then she wakes up and fall. she's fallen off the couch. Yeah. 
Which uh, it's it's not a pullout couch either. No, she's just sleeping on a couch. On the couch. Yep. No wonder she's stressed out. You can't get good sleep that way. Yeah. No way. No way. Next is school, and we have this back and forth between Brenda and Brendan. Uh, Brenda and Brandon are both talking to Mrs. Teasley separately, but yeah. they keep switching between the two scenes, mm-hmm. and everything they're saying is the opposite. Yeah. Basically. Yep. They both are like, I want to go here. Well, I don't want to go here. Well, mm-hmm. this school sounds good. Well, this school doesn't sound good. Yeah. Well, we're not exactly Shenanigans. poor. We're not exactly rich. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> just talking about college. Then the next scene is at home and Cindy and Jim are like, oh boy, here we go. We're talking about college. I, I feel for them too. Two kids going to college at the same time. That's hard. That's Look tough. out. That's a lot of money. That's tough. Um, they go to the dining room for dinner. This is, have we seen this dining room before? Because they usually it, eat like in at that table that's right off the, right, like in the kitchen. But this was a different room. I think this was the same room when, uh, when the, when the, when Brenda was like living with Dylan and they had the whole plan to send her to Paris. I think they had that, that meal in this room as okay. well. Okay. Okay. But it's not the more they common. They don't always eat in that room. No. So. No, this is like the fancy, like formal the f- dining room. The dining fancy room. room. Yeah. So the they're all excited to talk about college, but Jim says that they can only afford to send one of them out of state. It's more uh, expensive to send to go out of state. This is crazy to me. It's, it's crazy, crazy to me that they would take this approach, like that they would start with, you know, only one of you gets to go to the school that you want. I mean... That they would pit them against each other. That's yes. just not good parenting. I feel like in that kind of situation, you just say, we will pay for in-state tuition. You know? Yeah. Like, if you want something outside of that, that's on you. Or Because this isn't fair. You know, there's no way to decide, like, to choose one of them. Yeah. You know? Or just, like, help them, like, think about choices and then kind yeah. of see what their top choices are. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know. It's it's a crazy way to go about the about it yeah. to create this competition between them. Well, um, yeah, it puts them it puts them at odds before there's even a problem. Yeah, you know, it might never have come up. Yeah, so they say they're too rich for financial aid, but they're also not poor enough for financial aid. So they're right. stuck in that that middle area. Yeah. Um, and then cut to they're in the living room and they're all arguing about uh, I college i really liked the brandon brenda fight that the yes. two of them had it just seemed very genuine to me it did to me too and it brought up i mean all their fighting throughout this episode brings back stuff that has happened that mm-hmm. like as they said it i was like yeah that happened yeah that mm-hmm. happened yeah so uh brandon says that brenda always gets what she wants and he's he also says he has never asked mom and dad for a dime yeah which i don't really think is true but i'll i'll give it to him well i mean he asked for money to to buy his car but then they didn't give it to him yeah. i don't think he's ever but really then jim taken did fix yeah. the car yeah that's true so anyway yeah jim uh jim finally is like enough and he says he and cindy are gonna make the decision I do think it's a solid point that Brandon has had a job all throughout high school and Brenda has not. It's true. You know, I mean, I think that's at least a consideration, but I don't think it needs to come to this. I think they just, I think they're being unfair. 
I think so, too. The next scene is at school, and Brandon and Brenda and Dylan are walking into the school. Brandon is convinced that Brenda is going to get what she wants. He brings up that he had to pay uh, that when when he crashed Mondale, he had to get a he wasn't allowed to drive for six months, and then he had mm-hmm. to get a job and buy a new car. Meanwhile, she lies and goes to Mexico with her boyfriend, and they send her to Paris. Which is, uh, I mean... It's not really a fair comparison either, though, because Brandon crashed his car because he was he drunk. was drunk. Yeah. So, I mean, that's <laughs> I mean, exactly legally, fair. he probably couldn't drive for that long. So, <laughs> yeah, Dylan thinks that they are both blowing it way out of proportion. And Brenda says, well, that's easy for you to say you are rich. I don't know if if you clocked this at all, but this episode really stood out to me with its intrusive extras. Did you notice this? Uh, I did notice some intrusive extras later on. Yes. Okay. Why? I, there was, was there one there, in this scene? There was. There was somebody that was just like too close behind them and just so centrally framed in the <laughs> shots that it was just like, who is this person? But yeah, throughout the episode, I thought in group scenes, it was like, this is like, I don't know. It, it was weird, I thought, because I kept noticing them in ways that you don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> Back in Miss Teasley's office, we now have Donna talking about college, and it's very sad. She says her parents are suggesting she go to Beverly Hills Community College because they, she gets the feeling that her dad doesn't really think she has a learning disability, that she's just not smart, and that she maybe, you know, should just go somewhere yeah. where she can major in shopping, is what she says. I feel like that's almost a continuity error because we haven't met Donna's dad yet, but like he's a medical doctor. So (laughs) (laughs) unless he's like a real jerk, it sort of seems like he would be more open to the fact that, you know, something's going on with her. But I agree. The whole scene was sad. And what's sad about it is that she almost doesn't realize that it's a sad scene. Yeah. She's kind of like, Oh, they just think I'm stupid. So I probably am, you know, I, I, yeah, I thought it was very sad. And Pretty good acting from Tori Spelling. Not yeah. something you'll hear me hear me say very often. <laughs> I like Tori Spelling's acting more than you do, I think. Yes, you'd I'm almost make have that to. call. At lunch, David is still freaking out about Kelly. He says he can't stop thinking about it. Steve yeah. says, you know, enjoy what happened and, and move on with your life, basically yeah. is what Steve says. And then Andrea is listening to this disgusting conversation that he and yeah. Steve and then Brandon walks up. Yeah. And they all are talking about it. And Brandon's like, you're the man, David. It's really gross. Andrea is listening to it. And then she gets up and I was like, oh, she's going to like yell at them for this conversation. But, but, but isn't no. This, isn't this after they are they start eyeing Sue Scanlon? Oh, yes. Yes. They start eyeing like, up Sue Scanlon. Yeah. They're like, everybody does it. He, and he's like, oh, what about her? I think it's Brandon even who points to Sue Scanlon is like, what about her? And they're all just like undressing her with their eyes. It's like so overtly like skeezy i was a little surprised by it well and then i was like andrea is gonna set them straight but instead she walks up to them and says have you ever undressed me with your eyes and they're like oh yes andrea wow i'm doing it right now you look so good and they like cat call her as she walks away but she's like happy about it Mm -hmm. like she's got a smile on her face and i was like that's not what andrea would that's not how she would react yeah to that Yep. 
I know. And it's it's kind of sad coming out of like the the strong showing she had in last week's episode where she's like standing up to everybody, you know, and here she's I don't know. It it was a it was a weak moment for her. It was. Next scene is at the Blaze and she asks <laughs> Andrea asks Mr. Myers if he was ever in the circus. Mm-hmm. He was in her dream. Yeah. And yeah. Then, Did we even mention that? Did we mention that Gil was yes. causing trouble in her yeah. dream? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And uh, she mentions that she wants to go to Yale and he went to Yale and she's like, oh, great. You went to Yale. Um, but he seems very skeptical about her chances. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, great. And she's like, what? And he's like, no, no. That's great. Yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to get in, but that's great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, and he does doesn't not offer build like a word confidence. of encouragement. No. no, he's not encouraging in not any way. Not helpful at all. Back in the hall, Andrea again tells Brandon that she thinks Mr. Myers hates her. This is where I notice the extras. There is a couple making out in the background. Yeah. So hardcore. They really this whole are. Scene. Yeah. And it's not like I didn't even write anything else down for the scene. They're just talking about Yale and Mr. Myers. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, it was so weird. That couple it was, just like it was very strange. going at it in the background. Yeah, because also it wasn't like a full hallway and they weren't like just, you know, far away in the shot. It was like, I don't know, they're within like two feet of each other. Yeah. They're the only other person in the hallway. It was strange. It was strange. Very strange. Now, Steve is talking to Miss Teasley. He says he's going to USC. That's where everyone in his family has gone. It's a done deal. Um, and she brings up that he has a D-plus average. Mm. He's not doing too yeah. hot. That's rough. And Can that, you even graduate? Can you even graduate with a D-plus? Uh, well, yes. Okay. I mean, yeah, I think you can. Okay. A 65 or higher is passing. Oh, I guess that's true. Okay. So, Reach for the stars. <laughs> So uh, she says, you know, you need a little bit more than money if you're going to get into college. You need a little bit better grades than this, Mm -hmm. which gets him to thinking. Yeah. Back in the hall, David asks Kelly for a lift home, and she tells him no. Uh, Brenda asks what's wrong with her, and she blames it on college stuff. She says Mm -hmm. she feels useless, and everyone is going off to college, and she's stressed about all of that. Yeah. So Brenda asks, well, she asked Kelly, she's like, whatever I can do. And Kelly's like, well, let's hang out. But she says she's going over to Dylan's. Which is so lame. Brenda, I don't know. This is very bad friending here because she and Dylan aren't going to like a concert. They don't have tickets or something. No, they're just hanging out. You know out. what I mean? Yes. Bad Like they friend. do every day. Every day. Bad friend. Bad friend. Agreed. At Dylan's my, house my notes, night. My notes back to back here are Brenda is a bad friend. Brenda is a bad girlfriend. So let's get, <laughs> let's get to her bad girlfriending now. <laughs> so they're at Dylan's and he's working on his bike and his uh, motorcycle, that is. And Brenda is talking about how she's worried about Kelly. And uh, Dylan brings up that he isn't not going to go to college. Yeah. Which yep. she... Has she's been pretty vocal that she's not okay with that? Yeah. And she says, Well, what about us? Like, what happens if I go away to college and like we have to do the long distance thing? And he's, I don't know, he's kind of like, Well, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. He's yeah. not very, he's very vague about it. This is so interesting to me where their relationship has gotten to because I feel like 
they're both kind of over it and nobody like neither one of them seem to be aware of the fact that they don't really enjoy this relationship yeah she that then he asks if she wants to go for a ride and she says she hates motorcycles yeah and he says i don't want you or anyone else planning my future Mm -hmm. and they yeah it's very uh yeah it's like they don't like each other (laughs) it really is remember what a good time he was having with kelly yeah (laughs) i do i do remember Okay. At home, Brenda wants Jim to talk to Dylan. And right? Jim is <laughs> Jim is he, like, if you don't want him to go to I college, know. then I'll tell him to go to college. <laughs> I know, seriously. It's it's a funny scene because Jim is basically like, Are you high? What are you talking about? <laughs> uh it's good good self awareness from Jim. But listen, I feel like, first of all, there's tons of boom mic in this scene. Second of all, Brenda going to talk to Jim about this to me sort of indicates that she knows that things with her and Dylan are on the rocks. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like she is saying, like, going to her dad and being like, you got to get more involved in this relationship. I feel like she's just asking for trouble. Yeah. And subconsciously, at least, I think she's doing it on purpose. Maybe. Jim suggests that maybe they're moving in different directions. Mm -hmm. He says that Jim, that not Jim, that Dylan has no goals, no ambitions, and she needs to think about like, is this what you want? Do you want to be with the guy who's just working on his bike and surfing? Yeah, that's what that's what he's gonna do. Yeah. So, and kind of a low opinion of Dylan that Jim has. Yeah, (laughs) but it does land. Yeah, it does. does, I mean, it gets her thinking. Yep. Later on at home, Brandon comes home from work and he's talking with Cindy about college and he's upset because Cindy said that Jim and Brenda were upstairs talking and so he uh he's upset again. He thinks that Brenda is going to get what she wants. Right. Uh then as Jim and Cindy are getting ready for bed, they're talking about the twins and um Cindy is I guess more on Brandon's side, like saying that he's been putting in the work, but Jim yeah. says that Brenda shouldn't be penalized just because she didn't want a car. She didn't have to get a job. Right. So Cindy suggests maybe they should take out a second mortgage on the house. But I thought at the end of season one, was it season one where they're going to move? Yeah. Didn't, wasn't it the company's house? Yes. I, yeah, I guess I sort of got the impression that like it wasn't the company's house forever, like that the company had leased it for them or whatever. And then they like, I don't know. I don't know. It is it always, does always have a murky history. I didn't think they quite owned this house. Yeah, I don't so, know. I mean, I they must apparently by well, now, by yeah, season three, I guess. I guess. So <laughs> now they're thinking about taking out a second mortgage. And then Jim, is it Jim says something about, man, this is like walking on a tightrope. <laughs> he does. Jim says it, and then we immediately transition into the tightrope dream. And I'll tell you what, if they would have had Jim up on that tightrope, it might have saved this bit for me. <laughs> because I fully thought that it was going to be Jim up there on the tightrope. And I think that would have been funny. Yeah. Just from like a timing and how many times we saw that, that one that would have got me. But no, it's just Andrea again. Just Andrea again. Now Brandon's in the dream. Yeah. And he is cheering her on. He's like, don't let anyone stand in your way. Like, Go to Yale. You can do it. Yeah. Um, but now Mr. Myers has a saw. and he's. I got to say, <laughs> I love how enthusiastic and just all around delighted Dream Gill is when he's uh, 
tormenting Andrea in these dreams. You yeah. know, he's not like malevolent about it or anything. He's just like, <laughs> he's, yeah, he's he's right. happy. I like it. <laughs> Cracks me up. It's the most likable Gil ever is. Yeah, I think so. Cut to the school at nighttime and Steve is waiting around and who should pull up in his car but BJ. And this mm. surprised me that I thought we were done with this no. whole key thing. But that's right. Steve has decided he has a D plus average. He needs that legacy key from yeah. BJ. Yeah. Um. So he, he does take the key and then he tries to get into the school, but it doesn't work. No. None of the doors will open. I've got to say, too, if there was a time when absolutely everything opened with one key, they need to they need to yeah, reevaluate their security. Crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> you're asking for trouble there. <laughs> He's like everything. The teacher's cars, the Coke <laughs> machines. It's too much. Yeah. At the Peach Pit, Steve, the next morning, meets with BJ for breakfast, and he's like, oh, I bet you guys at the frat house are really laughing at me for giving me this key. And BJ says, what have you been putting in your granola? (laughs) (laughs) Joe, that was a funny line. But BJ BJ suggests maybe they change the locks, but that's that's the key. Finally on to it. So maybe they change the locks. Oh, well. In art class, they're drawing a live model who is not nude. She's wearing a, <laughs> a dress. Right, yeah. Um, but the art teacher's walking around and sees Donna's drawing, and she thinks it's really, really good and suggests that maybe Donna should go to art school. It's funny because, well, first of all, tons of boot mic in this scene. I feel like we just have to point it out every yeah. time. <laughs> but Donna's is very much like a like if you were sketching something loosely in, in like a fashion situation it's not it's not like a literal drawing of it which i believe was the assignment so i'm glad (laughs) that the teacher saw her potential in doing something totally different but uh after class in the hallway donna is very excitedly talking about art school i love kelly's green dress in this scene i also love um i really like donna's dress too um very cute both their dresses Mm, i don't remember donna's it's uh it's black with white flowers but it's like the same length as oh okay yeah it's like a little flowy i liked it Mm -hmm. brenda and kelly are talking about dylan and him not wanting to go to or no this is where brenda asks kelly if she thinks that her and dylan have enough in common Mm. and tells her about the conversation with her dad and she's afraid that her dad is right Mm -hmm. about dylan Cut to Brandon and Nikki are talking about siblings and Brandon is, you know, going on about Brenda and the whole college situation. And Nikki suggests that he should look into California University because it's supposed to be a really good school mm-hmm. and it's like right there. And then it, they say something about like, she says something about going out and he's like, oh, are we going out? And she's like, Yes. If I yeah. have anything to say about it. And I was like, was this not a thing? Are you not right. going out? I know. They're <laughs> You're just, just making like openly... out a lot? Yeah. Holding hands? I know. I thought the same thing. What is but, going uh, out? <laughs> uh, in spite of that weirdness, I really like the Brandon-Nikki coupling. I do too. I think she's really an interesting character in the way that she sort of, uh, I don't know, in the way that she doesn't do the things that you think she's going to do. Like she was not obsessed with David. She did not make that a big deal. Like she just avoids drama at every turn. Yeah. And I, I like it. And she just is 
a big a big uh, turn from the the girls that Brendan usually yeah. dates. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. So yeah. At home, Brenda is ready to throw in the towel. Uh, she's going to let Brandon go to the out-of-state school. Go wherever he wants. Yep. Um, and he's like, wait, wait, wait. Why, though? And she brings up it's because of Dylan. She doesn't want to be long distance from him. So she's mm-hmm. going to go uh, to school in California so that yeah. she, they can stay together. Mm-hmm. Then she calls Dylan and she apologizes to him about their last conversation and she tells Dylan that she's going to go to school in LA and he says, don't plan your life around me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then while they're talking, there's a knock on the door and it's Kelly. Yep. And Dylan is like, I'll call you back. <laughs> she is vamped up too. Yeah. She's seriously vamped in this scene. Yeah. And he also, as they're hanging up the phone, he says, I love you. But yeah. he's like looking at Kelly as he I says, know. I love you. Yeah. So I wrote in all capital letters, break up. <laughs> I wish they would do yeah. that. But it, no, I'm sure they're going to keep it going and it's going to be terrible. I have got to give them like my hats off to to the writers and the, you know, the producers or whatever who have structured this whole arc because we were so keen to get Brenda and Dylan together and we were so invested in their relationship. And it's like. Nothing has really changed. Only now, I hate it. I don't yeah. want them to be together at all. <laughs> you know? So I just think that it's a really, like, masterful job of storytelling that they've been able to, like, take us on this journey without us seeing the obvious, like, oh, now they don't like each other anymore yeah. turn, you know? Yep. It's it's very organic, I think. I think so, too. Kelly brought him some wrenches that she found lying around. How far did she have to go digging to find those wrenches, do you think? Seriously. (laughs) Um, And she brings up that she's been moping around because she says that she misses uh, their friendship. Yeah. Which is, which as you'll recall, is the same crap Jake kept saying to her. Yeah. Uh Yeah. Yeah. And uh, she also says that she feels like they are the only two that are not freaking out about college. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have a very flirty goodbye. Yeah. He like looks after her yep. as she leaves. Back at the Walsh home, he calls Dylan calls Brenda back and he says that he doesn't want her to miss out because of him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also is like, we're going to make it. Yeah. Which is weird after that it scene is with weird. Kelly. I don't under, I mean, I feel like Dylan and Brenda at this point are strictly a codependent relationship. I think he, yeah. Because it's just, there's no joy. You know what I mean? They're not like ever happy to see each other or be together. So it's like they have this need to be together, but it's not a healthy one. Yeah. Ugh. So while while she's on the phone, um, Brandon comes in and says they've, Jim and Cindy have called a family meeting. Mm-hmm. And at the meeting, they say, we've decided you can go wherever you want. We're going to take out a second mortgage on the house, and it's going to be fine. And both, Foolish. Yeah. Foolish. Yes. But luckily, Brenda and Brandon both say that they've decided they want to go to California University. Mm. So it apparently has everything the both of them could want, and it's a very yeah. highly rated school. So Yeah. They have like the greatest drama program and the greatest journalism program. <laughs> yep. And it happens to be very nearby, which is very helpful for season four, wouldn't you say? <laughs> I would say, yes. Yeah. 
they're all set. Uh, Brenda then suggests that they should give the extra money they're saving to them as a graduation gift. Yeah. <laughs> and Jim and Cindy are like, not. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That, to me, dated this episode so specifically to, like, 1992. It that did. was everywhere. It was funny. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? The thing is with that joke, it's always really funny. Yeah. Not. <laughs> not. Oh, my gosh. I got you. All right. We have our last Andrea dream. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is on the tightrope still. Mr. Myers is there trying to knock her off. And she says, hasta la vista, baby. And she kicks yep. him. Right in the face. And she I, makes it across. <laughs> this must have been a hellish day of filming, I have to assume. <laughs> I don't know. How How do you think they filmed it? Do you think they're holding her up with wires? I sort of think see? so. I mean, the whole room is white, so it wouldn't be that difficult, I think, to hide some sort of brace or something. But I kind of got the impression that she was, you know, at least steadied by those. Well, yeah, wow. I, I assume it was weird and rough to film. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at the blaze the next day, she tells Gil, Mr. Myers, that she's applying to Yale. She doesn't care what he thinks. She's they would be lucky to have her and she's going to apply. And then he like slow claps and is like, you did it. Oh, my gosh. I believed in you the whole time. He was just testing her. Yeah. So weird. I I have an issue with the way that Gil is portrayed in, in all of these episodes because I really I it must be it must be directing because it is never clear what he is doing and i don't think like in a in a way that like the character is just wily like with the whole thing where he's side you know sidelining andrea in favor of brandon it's like like we talked about last week you believe that he doesn't see it and yet he's so clearly being openly manipulative about andrea and it's the same thing here in that earlier scene you didn't even get a whiff that he was testing her and here he's like it was all a test yeah so i just feel like the, the gears are just a little off in uh, how this character is coming across. Yeah. Okay. So, man, why are these episodes feeling so long? I think I it's know, just it's there's true. so much happening. They are very plot heavy. Yeah. Okay. So the next scene is in the hall. Steve sticks some gum in the janitor's door so that it yes. won't shut all the way, mm-hmm. which I really don't think would work. I think the janitor would pull on the door and be like, why isn't it shutting? Yeah, but, probably. But uh, cut to the school at night. First of all, how did he get in the school? Because I, I thought that was the issue. Right. Unless he just hid. Maybe he just hid. He just hid there actually all night? Be inside the school. I don't know. Maybe. But anyway, <laughs> he goes into the room and he's reaching for the key uh, but the janitor catches him. Mm-hmm. And by the way, on the wall in this janitor's I wrote closet, this down. I wrote this down. <laughs> it's like all these busty women in yeah. in uh, bikinis all over the wall. It's yeah. disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> in a school. I wrote, I, wrote, I was like, pinups on school property? <laughs> I just don't think so. But okay, I'm glad you noticed that too. I did because I was like, "Wow, this guy's gross." I know. Well, it's I guess it's how you know that he's janitor McSlees, you know. <laughs> so he uh, pretty much threatens to get Steve kicked out of school. I would have bought hot rods or something. You <laughs> I know, know. Dude, oh, anything sure. else. Anyway, uh, so Steve is begging, like, "Please don't turn me in," and he ends up offering yeah. him some money. I wrote this down because Steve's like, "Please." <laughs> 
he does. His voice squeaks. It's so funny. It's like for a, a brief moment, Steve is played by Mickey Mouse. It's so funny. <laughs> it's like this. It's it's a mix of like desperation, whininess, and like the most high pitched sound you've ever heard come it out is. of Ian's hearing. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so he ends up giving him some money uh, to forget the whole thing. Yeah, and the janitor says, "Hey, a little more money like this, and you could buy yourself a legacy key." Showing that he must have given the key to to another yeah. student which in past Steve, years, which Steve figures out and is like, "How did you know that it was called the legacy, legacy key? key?" Yeah. Oh. Oh, boy. Such corruption. Uh, All right. The last scene is at Kelly's house. Kelly apologizes to David. She says that she, you know, it was an accident and that she's been treating him really badly since it happened and that she's sorry. And he uh also says, like, it really was an accident. I'm so sorry. And she, like, says that she has, like, a schedule now so that this Mm -hmm. won't happen again. And then she's like, I have a surprise for you. And, like, she's wearing a robe, and she, like, turns on the shower, and David's like, that's not necessary. Yeah. (laughs) And she opens her robe, and she's just wearing pajamas underneath. Big old pajamas. I don't really get what her endgame was, but I did notice that David didn't leave the room again. No. No, he was like, it's fine. You don't have to. Yeah. But, uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. He's like, but I'm not busy either, so. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That's the end. All right. Kendra, what was your 90210 snap? Oh, boy. Um... <sighs> Maybe. I'm going to go with the David walk-in in the beginning. Yeah, I, that's, I think I that's mean... pretty... It's pretty. It was pretty shocking. It was, yeah. Either that, or um, when Kelly comes over to Dylan's house, maybe yeah. he opens the door and it's Kelly. Yeah, that's a good moment too. Yeah, that's true. There were aspects of this that I liked. Um, I didn't particularly like the episode, though. How about you? Um, it was fine. Yeah, I just feel like all all the college stuff is just sort of forced conflict. Like it doesn't really make sense and it doesn't really amount to anything. Like you don't you don't learn anything new, you don't learn anything about the characters and then it just is like resolved by the end. So Yeah, I agree. I don't know. I like I guess... that there's so much I mean our episodes are so long now cuz there is so much going on and I do like that Yeah. that everyone has something that they're doing. It's true. It's true. So I also just really hated all the circus dreams. Oh, so yeah. that kind of like I mean for that alone I probably wouldn't watch yeah. this episode again. So Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it was funny. My husband was walking, you know, back and forth. And first of all, he said, every time he sees Andrea, he's more and more convinced that she's a middle-aged woman. <laughs> <laughs> and he also said, like, it's interesting that in season three, they're like, you know what's working? Dream sequences. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I was kind of surprised that they were still leaning into those so heavily. But, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? All right. Next episode. Uh, yes, yes. We're on Home and Away. Home and Away. Our synopsis is... Let me scroll to it. After a tragic shooting at South Central High School, West Beverly's football rival, the administration moves to cancel the upcoming game. Brandon reaches out to South Central's senior class president, Jordan Bonner, and the two hatch a scheme that sees very direct op-eds in the school papers and ends with them inviting the South Central students to the West 
Beverly dance that Brenda is planning. Meanwhile, Kelly makes plans with her unreliable father, and Scott's sister Sue sets her sights on David in a big way. A big bad way, if you ask me. Yes, definitely. All right. This episode was directed by Jack Bender and written by Chip Johannesson. Uh, we see the debut of Michael Anthony Rollins as Jordan Bonner. Recurring characters, Denise Dows, Dana Barron, Michael Kudlitz, Nicole Tom, and Mark Kylie return as Ms. Teasley, Nikki, Tony Miller, Sue Scanlon, and Gil Myers. Scott Jack is back as Mr. Chapman. Uh, I guess now they're pretty settled into having him be the coach. Yeah. But I think he's been... He's a jack of all trades. Yeah. I think at this point. <laughs> I think so too. But he's always Mr. Chapman. It's not like he's playing different players. But no. uh this is I want to say his fourth of five total appearances. We'll see him one more time after this. And finally, David Lasher is back as Kyle, technically. Uh this baffled me. This is the last we'll see of of Kyle Connors. Forever. Yeah. Really? Kyle has had three appearances, one in each season. Each one, like the first one, he was he was a very prime like his his story was the main focus of the episode. The second one, he was there, but didn't really play a pivotal role. In this one, he's essentially an extra. I was I was certain we were going to have another episode where other people found out. I know that he's gay, yeah, and I that know. we were going to have to deal with that, huh? Yeah, it was going to be like some sort of character. Yeah, but no, this is it. Interesting. And it's so strange to have him recur as this character three times over the course of three seasons. It's not even three consecutive episodes for him to just pop in. He's occasionally name checked and everything. And then they just don't do it. Hmm. I don't know if it was a situation where they were trying to, you know, because is early 90s here. So if they're trying to be progressive by having a gay character and getting pushback on it or you know they want to do it, but they don't want to do it fully. I just don't know, but I think it's very strange the way it the way it all works out. That is strange. Anyway, that's our guest cast this time around. All right, should we get into the episode? Let's do it. Heavy one. Home and away. We start okay. with a football game montage. That's so weird. It's so weird. It I didn't looks like it at all. footage from the seventies. Yeah. And I was very confused. I had to like go back and be like, did I, I miss something? And I watched it again and I was like, nope, it's just a yeah, football I, game. Yeah, I was like, is the episode running short? Why are we watching this? You know, it didn't was make it any sense. It's supposed to be West Beverly playing the game? I really think that it was just like, you know, football. It's like this. I think it was, <laughs> I, I think it's just setting the mood. I think that's all they were trying to do. Okay, but well, it was uh, weird. A very weird start. It was weird. Okay, so we start it's, at the blaze. It's, yes. As and... soon as this voiceover begins, I was like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no, yeah, no, so no. So they're all waiting on Brandon to write this editorial. And so he begins writing. First of all, his typing stance is so strange. His hands are like in the weirdest position as he's pretending to type. But he's anyway. An, basically, he's an alien. Yeah. <laughs> He starts writing and he um, he narrates this whole episode. So everything that's happening has Brandon telling you what's happening. So we go to the Peach Pit and everyone is celebrating because the football team just won a really big game. I feel like they're like we're getting to like semifinals or finals or something like it was a big, big win. Yeah. And so everyone's there celebrating. And we learn that Brenda has volunteered to be the head of the dance committee. Yeah. Which is kind of out of left field. It is, yeah. And he says Weird that. Brandon says, even more surprising, 
is that Brenda decided to do this. And they never really tie it in with like her wanting to have like extracurriculars or things on her for college apps, right? They don't really talk about that. I mean, that would have been a way to make it make sense. But if they mentioned it in passing, I don't remember. She might have said it when she, because she's sitting there talking to Dylan about the dance. Yeah. Well, whatever. She might have, I can't remember. I really can't. Donna and Kelly are talking. They're watching Sue and David are over at the jukebox. And mm-hmm. Sue is just talking with David. And Donna is very worried about it. And Kelly at first is like, it's fine. They're friends. He was his her brother's best friend. Yeah. But then Sue like reaches out and touches David's shoulder or something. And Kelly's like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> She's definitely <laughs> coming on to him. Mm, well, yeah. <laughs> Um, the football players want to know who Brandon thinks will win the their next big game, mm-hmm. or the yes, yeah, something, something whatever like whatever's that. coming up. Yeah, and I also wrote Kyle is there sitting backwards yeah. on a chair. Hey Kyle, uh, hanging out because he's a football How you player. Doing? Yeah, Steve is on the phone getting the scores from the other schools' games to see who won, and he said that they call it Shaw is the school. But in our thing, oh, okay. we said South, whatever. But they yeah. call they call the school Shaw. Okay. I don't know. I don't know what that means. But I'm gonna call it Shaw from now on. Okay. That's um, fine. He also said so. He says they won. They have a really good team, and I forget what the name of their team is. The, well, it's not the Wildcats. We know that. Not the what? But it's like the the Immortals. The big i I really they have a special name for the players i really don't remember okay Okay. well anyway he also says i think there was some kind of violence at the end of the game Mm -hmm. um and everyone is just kind of like well it's always violent over there yeah um and then cut to home and uh (laughs) jim is reading the paper and he's like oh boy the gangs are at it again (laughs) yeah and we see that two people were shot at the shaw game uh in the stands who were watching the game. So this is a big deal because they're about to play this this team at their school. So now everyone is very worried about going over there when this just happened. Yeah, and there's reference to when they're talking about the games and stuff, they keep referencing that Brandon is the sports editor. And I was like, is he? Isn't he like the main editor now? Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he still does sports. Yeah, I guess. It just was strange to be addressing him that way. Yeah. So then a team meeting is called and everyone is talking about the upcoming game. And, oh, I heard this happen. I heard this happen. And sitting there talking is a white football player and a black football player. And they're having this conversation. And the white football player says, oh, you don't have to worry going over there yeah like makes a comment about like oh because of your race you'll be fine i will be fine and the student says it doesn't have anything to do with that like it's about that i go to beverly hills and they don't and so we kind of see that there's a race thing going on Mm -hmm. in this episode but there's also a money and status thing going on in this episode so there's a couple different layers to it yeah but the coach walks in and says there will be no practice because the school board is having a meeting to decide whether they're going to play this game at all mm-hmm. 
cut to band auditions for the dance and yeah. everyone for some reason is on the stage playing at one time. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. It was like a battle of the bands just playing <laughs> out right there. And uh, David is also up there with Steve, uh, his manager, who's like, sure. you know, has his flip phone and <laughs> <laughs> is looking out for David. Trying to do lunch with people and all that. Donna doesn't understand why Brenda doesn't just hire David to do the music instead of going through these auditions. Mm hmm. Kelly walks in and she's very happy. She talked with her father uh, for the first time in a while. They had a very good conversation. They both cried. He apologized. And he said he's flying into town and that they're going to have dinner that Friday. Well, that should be fine then. He'll probably definitely do that. That should be great. But because... He said he would. Yeah. Uh, But because of that, she's not going to be at the dance. So she's going to resign from dance committee. Yep. But she'll stay for the auditions. <laughs> yes, that's what she says. But it's hard to uh, it's hard to hear. Yeah, with all those bands playing, a cacophony happening yeah. on stage at the board of Edu- terrible outfit. By the way, I don't know if you remember Kelly's oh, outfit, but it was it was real remember. bad. At the Board of Education meeting, Brandon is there, of course, to see, you know, what's going on. And he's told that there will be no no formal decision until Monday. Mm-hmm. Then as he's leaving, another student walks up and is asking who he was talking to. And he says that was his coach. We learned that this uh, student's name is Jordan and that he thinks the whole thing is really stupid. He says it was an isolated incident and he thinks that, you know, it's going to it's going to be fine. Right. And they, they have a little bit of an argument about it. And mm-hmm. then Jordan says, you don't know squat. And he walks away. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe Brandon doesn't maybe, know squat. Maybe Brandon doesn't know squat. Yeah. At the Blaze, we learn that they have called the game. There's going to be no game. And Brandon is... Some of the back and forth here is confusing. So now we're in the present. Right. With Brandon writing yep. the editorial. Yes. The voiceover in the, the whole structure of the episode... I don't think serves it very well because yeah. it, it is a little like, wait, what? Where are we? You know, it's, it's a little confusing. Yeah. So they're still waiting on Brandon to finish this editorial. And he says he needs like 45 minutes. And Gil right. is like, OK, well, I'm going to go home. So you guys finish this. Mm-hmm. Andrea is like, it's no problem. But then he Brandon's like, no, no, no. I, I need an hour. And she's like, I need it in an hour. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You can have no more time than that. Yeah. Okay. Then we go to the uh, DJ booth. And we're back in the story, I believe. Mm -hmm. David got the gig to play at the dance. Donna walks in. She's very upset because David told Sue that she could go to the dance with the band. Right. It's kind of weird. It is weird. Like yeah, she asked, "Can I go with the band?" I mean, I guess she's. I mean, that's a groupie. That's what you would call. Yeah, a which is what Donna says. She's right. like, she's a groupie. Yeah, it's strange. Donna also says that she was the reason that he got the gig at all. Which yeah, kind of hurts his feelings, but uh, she, they, uh, I don't know. She like makes a joke and they laugh it off. See, the, having so much to do with like Scott and like David's feelings about Scott and all that, it's just so strange to me after like 25 episodes without a single mention, yeah. you know, to be sort of like dipping back into that story. 
like it would totally make sense that David feels like a, you know, some sort of like uh, brotherly, you know, responsibility towards Sue. Like I totally get that, but I don't know. Twenty five episodes later, it just feels kind of out of nowhere, and it so it's is. hard to. It's hard to really like track character motivations because it seems like, oh, we're doing this again. Oh, okay. You know? Yeah. It's, yeah. I feel that too. Uh, at the, at the blaze. So now we're back. I don't know where we are, but we're at yeah, the blaze. Right? I know. Brandon is writing this editorial and Andrea is now really, really worried. She's like yes. coming in. She's like looking in the window, coming in. Like, are you done? And he finally convinces her to go home. He will get the the edition out, and it, everything is set up. All he has to do is just put the editorial in there, and they're good to go. Yeah. So he convinces her to go home, and then he calls who we assume is Jordan mm-hmm. and says, the coast is clear, and Jordan can come over. So we learned that this was all a sting operation. Yes, all a we, ruse. Yes, a ruse. <laughs> okay, now we're back in the past <laughs> okay <laughs> i should have wrote i should have written past present but yeah, we're at lunch color pencils for each one. <laughs> we're at lunch and everyone is talking uh about kelly's dinner with her dad that's the conversation right. that's going on and brandon is like he just starts being very argumentative he feels like it doesn't make sense for them to have a dance if there's no game because yeah. the dance was for the game um so he's just trying to start a fight but they asked Nikki to weigh but, in, and she says that she wants to stay in the neutral zone. Yeah. I I just – I don't understand Brandon at this point. I don't either. Because I, I guess I thought that he wanted things to go forward. I thought he wanted, like, attention put on things. So I don't know why he's trying to get the dance canceled. I think he just wants to argue. Okay. But anyway, Nikki saying the neutral zone – has sparked something in Brandon. So he decides to drive to Shaw and talk with Jordan. On the way, he sees a lot of destruction from, I assume, the LA riots, the riots yeah. that had recently happened. And as he goes in the school, there's like a metal detector. Like it's very different, it's a very different area than West Beverly. Uh, but yeah. he finds Jordan and Jordan is not into this neutral field idea. Now, prior to this, we get some callbacks with Henry, though. Oh, he right? does say something about Henry. Yes. He's driving around and he's seeing a lot of broken down buildings. And he talks about, in the voiceover, I, I guess this is part of the editorial. I, I just don't know. But in the voiceover, <laughs> he's talking about how he <laughs> how he thinks about Henry a lot. And he, you know, he sees these broken down buildings and he wonders, like, if any of those were Henry's store and... That's kind of it. He's just sort of musing on it, which if you don't know who Henry is, I don't know why. I don't think that'd be good for like an op-ed in the paper. But Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I don't, you know. Um, so Jordan says that they need to they need to take a stand against this violence by not cowering and going somewhere else, but saying like, this is this is our school. This is our field. We're going to play on our field. Jordan also wrote an editorial and it's very... Um, very what's the word i'm looking for heated Com- not heated yeah i mean it's it's combative it's, combative thank you that's you know. a good word um he jordan also shows him uh the the two people who were shot at the game were his friends mm-hmm. and they both died and so he shows them their locker 
and they decide that Jordan wrote a eulogy for his friends, and so Brandon is going to write a eulogy for the game? I guess. It's, I don't... Okay, but they're going to publish them together, is what he yeah. wants to do. Right, and they're not going to make changes to each other's work. They're just going to like put it out there as is, so that people from both schools get a better perspective about what's going on at each. But to compare like the murder of your friends with like cancellation of high school sports is just like, what are you doing? It's not. Yeah. It's not. I mean, I you know, remember that we're talking about children again who, you know, aren't good at handling this kind of thing, but still, I don't know. So he shows Jordan's editorial to Gil and Andrea and they're like, there's no way there's swearing in it. He call he basically calls the coach a Nazi. Like it's, it's not publishable. No. And uh, Brandon, you know, argues against that. Okay, so now we're in the present. I wrote present. He finished. Oh, he finishes his editorial, okay. and he he finishes it by saying, "I, Brandon, invite you." And then it cuts off because Jordan shows up, and they he is he has a different editorial, one that is uh, not as swear wordy as the right. as yeah. the one. He says that that one. What did, I, I wish I'd written it down. He says. Well, he's kind of like blown off steam in the first one. Yeah. He's just like letting all his feelings out, and he was shocked that Brandon was actually going to publish it because yeah. <laughs> it's too much, you know. He reads Brandon's editorial and is like, "I don't know about this invite you've put in here," but Brandon is firm on mm-hmm. that. Yes. He's putting the invite in there. So the next day, Brenda is reading the paper, and we learn that he has invited everyone at Shaw to come to the West Beverly dance. Mm-hmm. And everyone is mad at Brandon. We get Brandon, turn, Brandon, turn. <laughs> and yep. everyone is mad at him. Andrea feels betrayed that he didn't trust her with that. He went behind her back and did this. Um, and he says he's sorry, but she doesn't believe that he's sorry. And um, he's also she is also mad at Gil because Gil walks in and he has covered for Brandon mm-hmm. um, and said that it was just a computer error. Yeah. Which yeah. doesn't make sense. Bas- well, I think he's basically saying like they had a draft on there and the wrong thing got published, which, yeah, I mean, it is pretty like, OK, you know. Yeah. But Brandon stands firm in his uh, decision that he invited Shaw to come to their dance. Yep. In the hallway, Dylan says that he really likes Jordan's editorial and he liked what it had to say. He also says that he's not going to the dance. Why are they together? Brenda wants a boyfriend to go to dances with her. I know. I would be very mad if my boyfriend didn't go to the dance with me. Yeah. I see senior year. It's dumb. See, I feel like the fact that she's not mad is kind of more of an indication that there's trouble here. Yeah. Because I think like Brenda of whenever whenever they went to the dance and like slept together that time. Yeah. She never would have been like, yeah, okay, do whatever you want. But here she's just kind of like, fine, you know, <laughs> then maybe I'll go and have some fun. <laughs> uh, she brings up Kelly and Dylan says he's pretty sure that Kelly's dad isn't going to show like this yeah. is a thing. And he does this, and he's probably not going to show. The football players are joking with Brandon? Yes. They, like, just make a passing joke at him. 
I can't remember what they say. But then yeah. Nikki uh, finds Brandon and says that she likes what he wrote and thinks it was brave of him. Mm-hmm. And then Donna and Steve are very upset because of David, because he was supposed to play at the dance. And if the dance gets canceled now, uh, poor David is sitting there all sad. He's not going to yeah. get that chance. Yeah, he and loses his gig. Steve also had like record people coming to watch David at the dance. Yeah, so. I mean, record. Okay. And just, it's not even like the big main dance. It's like, we talked about this before. They have a dance at the drop of the hat. But this is like, <laughs> We're going to have a football game, so like come to a dance. I'm kind of surprised that record execs were coming to hear David at like a middle of the year dance, but whatever. Yeah. Why didn't they just call this dance homecoming? That's a good question. I don't know. homecoming makes sense. Isn't it like the, the pigskin it, They dance? called it like the pigskin something. Yeah. Something, yeah. But okay. why wouldn't it just be the homecoming? Because that's know. what you do. You have I the you have the homecoming game, and then you have the homecoming dance. Yeah, makes sense. Anyway, yeah, Mrs. Teasley. Yeah, speaking of a lot of inconsistency with what we're calling her, because I remember it always being Ms. Teasley. Oh, but okay, this, and that might she, just be me. No, no, no. I wrote it down because in this, I think everyone calls her Mrs. Mrs. Okay, but it's almost always Ms. Like later on, so huh. well, you know, maybe she, <laughs> maybe See, she gets divorced. It might know. just be one of those names because my name is Mrs. Mickles, but my students always call me Miss Mickles, and I never, mm-hmm. I never correct them because mm-hmm. it's just easier for them to say Miss Mickles. So yeah, might be one Could of be. those things. But yeah. anyway, Brandon says. He says he screwed up, and then he's like, can I say screwed up? <laughs> Which I think is funny, because that's like not... Right. That's like a thing people say all the time. I know, no, it's so common. I screwed yeah. up. Um, but Mrs. Teasley says it's not about the color of people's skin or the money. It's about gunshots. And they're not they're not sure what they're going to do about the dance. Yeah. Um, but Brandon says, like, if even if there had been no shooting, Shaw students have never been welcome here. Like, that's not what it's about. Yeah. So at the store, they're trying on, uh, the girls are trying on dresses for the dance. And Brenda says that the principal of Shaw called and said that the, like, no students are going to come anyway and it's going to be fine. So they're still going to have the dance. Donna is still very upset about Sue uh, coming on to, yeah, (laughs) coming on to David. Yeah, it's not subtle. And then Brenda brings up to Kelly, like, are you sure you want to do this with your dad? Because what if he doesn't show kind of thing? Mm-hmm. And Kelly gets very upset and says, you live in Walsh land <laughs> where everything is hunky dory. And she says and she tells Brenda to shut up. Yep. Tells her right to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> At Kelly's house that night, Kelly and David are both getting ready for the dance, trying on clothes. He's wearing like a leopard print jacket that is... Atrocious. So, yes, yeah, something Steve picked out. It's awful. <laughs> Which he does take it off, I think. I think he wears he something does. else. He does, yeah. Um, Kelly's dad is running late. Kelly, who's in a very sexy blue dress to yeah. meet her dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but they both say good luck to each other as, they, as mm-hmm. Dil- David leaves to go to the dance. At the Walsh home, Skim is Jim. Sorry, Jim is skeptical about. <laughs> can't speak. About... Skim was his nickname in high school. He was 
<laughs> well, you know, those early days in Minnesota when they're playing shirts or skins, you know, look like a tall glass of skim milk. So that's why they call them. Uh, he's skeptical about Mr. Meyer, which I guess Mr. Meyer is going to be the only adult at this yeah, dance. Yeah, it seems like. Doesn't seems make any like. sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jim and Cindy are both worried about them going to this dance, um, but they Brandon's like, it's going to be fine. I wrote Brenda's dress is crazy, but I can't remember oh, what it, it looks like. Oh, it is crazy. No, it is crazy. It's like, it's a oh, short, it's, it's the a white dress. thing. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So it's like, I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's, it's all midriff. She has like a, a see-through midriff section. And then it's like a white skirt and like white long sleeves. It is horrible. Yeah. It's like a white bra, white skirt with a see-through yeah. white thing over top. But it's also long sleeves. Yeah. But she walks downstairs and Cindy is like, oh, you look amazing. And I'm like, yeah. really? You're letting her go to the dance like this? Yeah. Also, okay. It's, it's terrible. It's really, it's ugly. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like, like it. It's not a good dress it's at all. It's not a good dress. No. I don't like it. Um. <laughs> so while they're saying goodbye to Jim and Cindy, Brandon got a call from Jordan that there is a bunch of Shaw kids on their way to the dance and they have been drinking. Yes. Rut row. Yeah. So they rush to the dance. David is mic check, mic check. Oh my mic, gosh. Mic, mic, mic check. David has a whole extended, I need a mic check. I want a mic check. A checkity check, check. I want a mic check. Oh my gosh. It was like, if it wasn't 20 minutes of him saying, I want a mic check, I will be shocked. Someone time it for me. I wrote Steve takes. I need a mic check. I need a mic check. <laughs> Sorry. The second Steve verse is Donna and Steve are watching him warm up and Don is just like, he's amazing. But Steve kind of takes credit for how good he sounds because of yeah. all the equipment that he yeah. got for him to sound this good. Sue is extremely enthusiastic. She's all about it. Yeah. For this mic Clapping. check. Yeah. She just says, she says, woo, woo, like yeah. 20 times. Yeah. Oh, she's a groupie. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Brandon. Brandon and Brenda walk in and they're very upset. They're looking for Mr. Meyer. He's nowhere to be found. He like went out for coffee or something. Yeah. When you're the only adult at the dance, you can't go out for yeah, coffee. You <laughs> I don't think so. No, you probably got to stay there. I mean, the dance hasn't started yet, but still. Yeah. Um, and security is there. They're very skeptical about letting Jordan in, but they finally, Brandon makes them let Jordan into the dance. Um. Steve thinks that David should just go for it with Sue. Now they're in like a, the locker room. Yeah. For some reason. I don't know. And Sue is there and Steve's like, go for it. It's fine. Yeah, totally fine. Leaves leaves him alone. And then Sue comes on hardcore to David. Yeah, she's like massaging his shoulders and Yeah. Throwing yeah. herself against him. And Yeah, and David tries to be all like, You're you you know, you're my best friend's little sister. I don't I don't, and she's like, well, that's not the way you look at me. Yeah. Ugh. He's like, well, that doesn't matter. And I'm like, what? Ugh. So. Ugh. I, 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 I don't guess, know I why mean, his reasoning here isn't I'm in a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Stop. I don't want to cheat on my girlfriend. Right. He gets her to go away by saying that it's incestuous. Yeah. If they if they would be together. Which is off-putting. It's off-putting, <laughs> I yeah. think. So. You know, that makes and sense. she says, you're making a big mistake, Silver, as she walks away. Baby. Baby. 
later on, the football players are all there and they're ready for a fight. They're ready to take down some Shaw kids if they need yeah. to. Yep. Um, Gil finally Nikki, arrives with Nikki Andrea. says when when they start coming in, Nikki says, guess who's coming to dinner? Yes, yeah, she which does. Is a little iffy referencing the Sydney Poitier film. It but is. Yeah. It's kind of like, oh, I don't know about that. But OK. So Gil finally arrives with Andrea and uh, is informed of what's happening. Mm-hmm. Cut to the peach pit. Dylan walks in. He's not busy. He just isn't going to the dance with his girlfriend. Right. No, he just doesn't, he doesn't want to be there. <laughs> <laughs> Nat <laughs> gives him some food to hand to Kelly, who's sitting in the corner, and he says, word to the wise, don't compliment her dress. Why would Nat compliment her dress in the first place? I, I know. Don't, I well, don't know. Yeah. Kelly is very sad. She's been crying because her dad didn't show, and he didn't even call himself. He had his secretary call. His quote unquote secretary yeah. call. And we she said the last time this happened, she got high for three days with some guy um, and just like went off the deep end. Yeah. So Dylan um, kind of talks her down and is like, hey, things have changed. Like you're you're a different person now than you were then. And he suggests that they go to the dance. Yeah. They have a really nice uh, Kelly says, I don't know whether to laugh or cry. And Dylan just like leans over and says, nobody does. Yeah, I thought that was a, I thought that was a really nice moment. It is. Yeah, I like a good that. Line. I like that. Can too. you can you uh, Miss Music Box craft me uh, something with that on it? Sure. OK, thanks. I can do it. I need a new notebook. The notebook I've been using from the beginning is in tatters. And I only have <laughs> I only have four pages left. Oh, boy. So, rough times. <laughs> All right, so they go to the dance. All right, at the dance, all the Shaw students have arrived, and they're trying to get in. The two security guards are holding them back um, and not not letting anyone in. Brandon and Gil walk up, and Brandon is like, let them in. And the security guards are like, you're not in charge. (laughs) (laughs) So Gil is like, I'm in charge, and he decides he's going to let them in. Yep. David is up there DJing and he is very concerned about what he's seeing yeah. as these students yeah. are coming in. Yep. The f- and we get we get one of the classic gifts that you often see of David up there like dancing with his oh, arm yeah. out. We get a couple <laughs> of classic gift moments in this episode. Yeah. Um so they walk in, they start to mingle and then the West Beverly football players kind of start to make a move towards them, but Brandon jumps in the middle and David like record scratches like yeah. what's it called not yeah. record scratch what's it called well yeah, he stops yeah. the music whatever yeah and um which just draws attention to what's happening he of course should, yeah he shouldn't do that. steve steve's the only one with a cool head yeah. frankly steve's like just keep playing music dude yeah <laughs> so they get him playing music again and um gill and brandon are talking and the security guards are talking about um Whatever. And Brandon's like, you guys need to chill. Like, you're making it worse the way you're acting. Yeah. Then we hear loud noises and there's like a crowd of kids and they think that there's a fight happening. But they run over and they pull two kids apart. And we see that it's just the two West Beverly uh, football players. Who had been fighting about race earlier in the episode. Yeah. Not fighting. They'd been like messing around. They're clearly friends. Like they yeah, had been but, but, play fighting the whole episode. But it was the two early on where the guy was like, well, you don't have to worry about it because yes. you're black. Yes, you know? it was those same two. Yeah, yes. yeah. But they're, they're friends. They weren't really fighting is what I'm trying to say. Oh, so, I think they were fighting. No. No, no, no. Okay. They were messing around. All right. 
Because earlier in the episode, they did another, they did like a play fight and the the one guy like picked up the other guy and like walked down the hall with him. Yeah, no, I know they did, but I felt like in this scene they were actually fighting. No, because, I like... don't think so. Oh, okay. They say well. they were just messing around. Well, I know they say that. All right, agree to I disagree. I think they really weren't. I think they agree were. Agree to disagree. All I right. think they were not fighting. Okay. But it almost turns into a fight um, between the Shaw and the West Beverly people. But then Nikki and Donna jump in and grab some Shaw guys to uh, to start dancing. Yep. And so they get some dancing started. And uh, then everyone starts dancing. Yeah, pretty soon the whole room is just line dancing to David saying, I want to switch it up. I want to <laughs> switch it up. I want to switch it up. And one, I wanna, I wanna. one of the Shaw guys goes and messes with the soundboard and then runs up on stage and starts just riffing with David. Yeah. And they messes both just with say, it in a good way. He makes messes it Messes it with a good way. Yeah. And they both just say versions of switch it up. I want to switch it up. Uh, and yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, it was it was funny, though, because when David started singing, I was like, oh, this doesn't sound good. And then uh, the guy went over and messed with stuff. And I yeah. was like, oh, I see. It sounds yeah, better. He did now. actually fix it. It's true. But yeah, they're like doing I think they're doing the electric slide. I'm pretty yeah, sure if I you think, look at the moves, it's the electric I think slide. You're right. I think you're right. We'll fact check that. <laughs> but uh, this is a gif Donna dancing. Yes, it um, is. that I have seen a lot, and I have been wondering when we were going to get to it. And so. here it is. Yep. yep, Andrea looks ridiculous doing this line dance. Oh, I didn't remember that. She, yeah, she's in there. Brandon, I, she asked Brandon if he wants to dance, and he says no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good move. Um, Kelly oh, is there also. So funny. Yes, yeah. yeah, she came with Dylan. I did not see Dylan dancing. He dances with Brenda and does, Kelly together. Yes, that yes, that's I meant in the line dancing part. Oh I no, I don't know. I don't Dylan. think he's. But yeah, later on, he and Brenda are slow dancing. Yeah, and then yeah, Kelly walks up and he like gr- they grab her and they like all three slow dance together. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Uh, Awkward. Uh, Donna and David have, share a little kiss as they're dancing. And David tells her there's no thing with Sue. Like, you don't have to worry. Yep. Not interested in Sue. Nope. Jordan says that his friends who died during the game would have liked the dance. Masters of the Universe. That's their name. I wrote it down. That's right. Masters of the Universe. They call themselves yep. the Shaw football players call themselves the Masters of the Universe because they, yep. they're really good. Like, yeah. they are a big rival. Yeah. Um, and so Brandon and Jordan are watching the West Beverly and the Shaw football players are now all talking. And Brandon thinks that they're going to set it up to, to play this game mm-hmm. uh, and they're going to get the game happening. And he said, Jordan says, who could have predicted this? And Brandon says, anybody could have predicted this. Yeah. End episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have a 90210 snap for this episode? Um, I, I didn't really know. highlight anything because it was like I was white knuckling it to try to like follow what was going on. But... <laughs> I mean, the whole thing is dramatic. Yeah, it is. Yep. Yeah, it's all. I guess the whole thing is sort of teetering on like we're going to have this big explosion between uh, these two schools. And I don't know. You know, I, it's really it's hard it's hard to decide like what's the right thing to do for them because you can tell that the show keeps trying to address like racial tensions and racial issues. And I don't think they ever 
really succeed at it. Do you? No. And, you know, keep keep in mind, here, here you've got, you know, two white people on a podcast talking talking about racial yeah. issues on a, yeah. on a show from the 90s. So, like, what do we know? But it it always, to me, feels like they think this is something we should talk about. But they just don't seem to be able to stick the landing. And I yeah. feel like, you know, it's it's a known and and very valid criticism of the show that it's very white. You know, the main cast is very white. It's not until towards the very end where we get any cast members who are not. And so it's it's a it's a it's a problem, I think, with the whole show. And I feel like if they were really committed to that, they would have diversified their cast. I mean, yeah. they've had plenty of opportunities to do that and they never do. So on the one hand, I guess I'm glad that, you know, in, in 90s primetime TV, kids watching this at least got some exposure to talking about racial issues. But I don't think they ever really go far enough to add to a conversation. Yeah. I don't know. Just, what, what do you it think? Wasn't, it wasn't tight. The, no. The whole episode was, was not tight. And at the end of the episode, I also don't really know what kind of point they were trying to make about I, it. Yeah, I agree. I guess just like you shouldn't judge a book by you shouldn't judge a whole school by something Either by this by these actions yeah. that happened with with the shooting yeah but it it seems like with Brandon's editorial and the narration it's like they're it seems like they're trying to lead to something profound and by the end of it it's like but then they all had fun at a dance which I guess. Maybe, maybe that is the message, you know, maybe that is the message when you actually just like, you know, when these two schools talk and interact, you see that like, you know, people are just people and, and they, you know, aren't as different as it seems like. I, I just don't know. I, I I think it's I think it's a I weak think message. That, so. I think that is the message and it's a good yeah. message, but it wasn't, right. it wasn't made clear enough. No, no. Yeah. So overall, I didn't really enjoy this episode anyway. Yeah, I agree. So. You know, I guess um, a little movement with Kelly. We haven't heard much about her dad. We haven't heard much about that side. Uh, I think she's made references to her dad, but this was the first time that he was actually meant to, you know, we thought we were going to meet him. So that's something to sort of put a pin in for future references when we uh, when we look at Kelly's family. Um, and, you know, Dylan and Brenda continuing to fracture there. But I think overall, as as far as like, major events it's it's not a very important episode in the grand scheme of things either yeah so but it is nice that you know throughout the series brandon has had this history of building this bond with someone um whether it's like when he was acting like a big brother to the little kid at the beach club or um you know girlfriends he's made in the past or other things where it's like uh, matthew perry comes to mind where he makes a bond with someone and is like, we're going to be best friends. And yeah. then we never, we never see that person yeah. again. <laughs> Jordan, Jordan Bonner actually does stick around as a character. Yeah, that surprises me. So it's nice to see that anyway. But overall, pretty weak episode. I, I appreciate that they tried, but I don't think that they, they made it. I agree. I agree. Nick, I've read ahead the uh, synopsis. Eric, Eric had to yell at me. He's like, stop reading the synopsis for upcoming episodes. Yes. Because I, I was like, oh, my stop. goodness, look at all this stuff that's about to happen. So, yeah, I'm. Uh, there's a lot of drama coming up. Yeah, I told you a lot of the things that are like iconic from the show are, are in the coming weeks. So it'll be interesting to see that. Yep. So next uh, week, what are we what are we talking 
Well, you can join us for our discussion next week on episodes 311, A Presumption of Innocence, and 312, Destiny Rides Again. Rides. All right. Anything okay. Anything else? No. For the no, end of the episode? It's kind of a bummer of, of episodes, I guess. So <laughs> maybe like, next week. No, the first one was fine. It was fine, but it wasn't good. Well, I think you next know? week we're going to have a lot to talk about. So I think we will. I think Stop so. looking ahead. I'm sorry. I can't That's help it. That's against the rules of 902 and here we go. I can't help it. All right. Well, with that in mind, 902 and here we go. 